one story that can supercharge your traffic, increase your conversions, is your customer story. I'm going to send you nine systems for finding and collecting those stories, no matter where they happen. Just text GMS9 to 321-392-6692, or click the link in the show notes to get those today. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Hello and welcome to The Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here with a friend and guest. My guest today is a Huffington Post contributing author who wrote an article, How to Write a Valentine in the woos and wows in seven minutes or less. Uh, but the real reason I had her here is she's a published author, a book coach, has helped people get uh, five and six figure book deals, has worked with me on my latest book, is an absolutely fabulous writer, all around awesome person. Lisa Tenner, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. Yeah, I was going through and doing some research on you, and I'm like, this is great. I'm going to put a link to this, how to write a, a Valentine that woos and wows in seven minutes or less. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. I forgot about that post. Yeah, that's. I was like, that's that's perfect. I need that. And I think all the entrepreneurs here are going to probably be the first thing they click on. <laughs> You'll really enjoy it, I think, and so will the recipient. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's such a great method, but also like gets you in state. I love it. But Lisa, you know, I didn't realize you went to MIT for both your undergrad and graduate degree. That's pretty impressive. I did. Thank you. Now it's quirky. You, and you also, tell me what you do at Harvard now, too. So I, sir, well, two things now. I'm on the faculty of their publishing course for Harvard Medical School, and I've been there for over a decade. I cannot believe that much time has passed. And it's a three-day course. And in that course, you get, you know, it's mostly for people in the healthcare field, but there's always a few other people who come as well. Well, and you get this education about what it means to publish a trade book, you know, in this current climate. We talk about PR, your website. One of my biggest focuses is I teach an advanced workshop on how to write a book proposal. Advanced just means, you know, anybody can come. It just means that we get into more detail than a, something, you know, very introductory. And we have pitching thing where you pitch your book idea and a panel of us, agents, publishers and experts like myself, and we give you feedback on your pitch so you know kind of what are your strengths and maybe what are the things you need to work on to really make a compelling pitch for your book. And it's really, really fun. So I do that once a year. And then uh, recently, Harvard Medical School just offered its first course on healthcare leadership for women and people who support those women in healthcare leadership. And it was a phenomenal success. And I taught the portion on writing a book. 
as part of your leadership. So those are things I do at Harvard. And I, I will say, you know, at MIT, I had one of the most amazing writing teachers. It was Frank Conroy, and he's known for fiction. He later went on to become the director of the Iowa Writers Workshop. He's now deceased. He's an incredible teacher. So I learned so much about editing, and I still hear his voice in my head, you know, <laughs> when I'm editing. All the things he taught me were so fabulous. So even at MIT, you can you can get, you know, something as quirky as an education in editing, really. <laughs> That's awesome. I talk about this because there's a lot of people, first of all, book writing and writing books is probably one of the best marketing tools out there. Um, you know, if you get a book published and it takes off, it can do wonders for every aspect of your life, your business, your notoriety, get you to do pretty much anything. But there's a lot of people out there talking about writing a book. And I love your approach, not only to writing a book, but to getting it published, to getting it out there. It's a little different than just get it out there and get it done. Um, there's yes. a lot of thought that goes into it. And can you tell me how you work with authors to create their book idea and, and see if they're ready for it and get it out sure. there? Sure. So, you know, I think I am this sort of marriage of, you know, let's do this with some ease and as quickly as we can at the same time make it the best product we possibly can. Yes. So, I, you know, my thought is to really combine those two. And so sometimes some of my clients will write a book, you know, they'll write a first draft in my eight-week book writing class or even get to a second graft. And, you know, other times it's a process that takes much longer. So it really is very book dependent and dependent on the author. But we are going for the gold here, you know, really a book that does the best it can for your business and the best it can for your brand and the best it can for your readers. So, you know, when we're trying to do that, there's this marketing piece that's so important of really understanding your market and understanding your own goals, right? And writing this book so that you write the right book. And and you don't go down the rabbit hole too far in the wrong direction. But then also, you know, as you've experienced, I have this exercise, I call it meet your muse, but it's sort of much more that uh, right brain thing that we're trying to access, that inner wisdom, right? And that creativity or creative source. And so I really like to combine the two because I think that's where we get such great books. And then in our classes too, there's a lot of interactivity. So again, try to get the best of both worlds. You know, when you're in a writing group and giving each other feedback on books, it's really wonderful, a great way to create community. But you and I don't have time for that, right? And probably most of your listeners, we're busy entrepreneurs. We don't have time to sort of be giving other people feedback, you know, to, on the whole book, right? Reading all these other books. But what we can do is in these short bursts of time, do a few exercises together where we really learn from each other. We create community, we support each other. And then that continues often after the class is over where people will be publishing their books and supporting each other networking. So it's sort of the best of both worlds is what I, you know, have aimed to create and I hope have created uh, where we're getting that benefit of community, that benefit of support and certainly the benefit of somebody who has a lot of experience in the publishing field and can help you with brainstorming and then you know but we're not taking a whole lot of extra time support other people because you know we've got limited time we've really got to make the most of it so somehow you're supporting each other but in these you know kind of bursts of time and it really works that's awesome name your program can you, uh, tell us about it again Sure. It's called Bring Your Book to Life, and it won a Stevie Award in 2012 when I premiered what 
was the kind of new version of what had been my book writing program. And we added this interactivity, which I've been able to do through this wonderful teleseminar and webinar product called Maestro Conference. So it allows me to put people, for instance, in pairs or in groups of three on the call and do an exercise. So instead of just teaching something and hoping people will run with that idea we do it right there in class and people get to try it out and then share their insights and share what questions came up with the larger group and I can also go from room to room so if if people have a question while they're doing the exercise I can go visit them and just chat with just that small group or that pair of people and I like the development side of it in, Mm -hmm. in that way because I think from a marketing standpoint I talk to a lot of businesses established businesses and they still haven't quite honed their message and that's why they come to us is to help hone their message tell their story and I think for authors too somebody just sitting down and writing it without thinking about the marketing without thinking about the message without talking to someone it could be a disservice to themselves right Mm -hmm. and they don't put something that's not good um, can you right. tell me like how you've seen things transform in people from where they started to with their book idea to where it ended up? Maybe some success stories. Sure. So the creativity cure, I'll, I'll take that one. So this was a psychiatrist, and she was interested in reaching a much broader audience. So she was teaching writing. I think mostly to freshmen at Columbia University, and she had a private practice. But she really envisioned kind of reaching a much larger group and maybe working more with adults and not just college students so much with the writing and creativity piece. So she had this idea for a book. She was calling it, I'm creative, but I can't create. Because what she'd seen in her patients was that often behind the depression or the anxiety or just that sort of dissatisfaction was really just this creativity trying to get out and maybe for whatever things that happened in their childhood you know that was a little blocked and so she saw her job is just helping people unlock that and but but this idea of I'm creative but I can't create doesn't necessarily speak to those people so it's exactly the kind of thing you teach Ian of yeah but you know, you know what they need, but they don't know that yet. They don't know that's their problem. They just know they're depressed, they're anxious, they're unhappy. So I said, you know, instead of this idea of people who know they're creative and think, yeah, my biggest problem is that I can't create, maybe it's this broader group that just sees themselves as, you know, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, or I'm, you know, feeling unfulfilled or not that happy. And I said, how about the creativity cure? You know, because that does sort of give us a sense of like the cure is creativity, but it speaks more to this broader group, I think. And she loved that title and uh, her the agent we approached, several agents actually loved the title and she got a six-figure book deal with that book. So I think, you know, there it was just really important to take that step back and say, you know, who really is the audience? And it was, duh, right? It was the people. And I say that, you know, in the nicest way, because she's a bright <laughs> woman. But we all do this. Right? We all have I our do, blind spots. You know, we, yeah, we all need somebody to tell us. But it was, of course, the people she works with every day. And they weren't coming to her because they thought they had a creativity issue. They were coming to her because they had this much deeper issue in, in the way they saw it. So, so I think that's a good example. And she did go on. Actually, the University of Texas Medical School created this whole program that she's heading up. So really exciting things that happened because of this book. And she's done a lot of public speaking, a lot of teaching to much broader groups. I think the New Yorker had a conference that she was part of, one of the speakers. And she also was in the Atlantic 
And so lots of really exciting buzz about that book. But it all started with the questions that you and I and, and everybody on this call, if they're thinking of writing a book, needs to answer first, which is really like, where do my, who are my people? Where do they see themselves? And the other big question, like, what's my goal with this book? And it's okay if you don't totally know your goal, but, um, but it, it really helps to have some idea of, like, why am I writing this for me or for my business? Yeah. I, oh, definitely. I mean, starting with the end in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, and it's such a good discovery process. And that's what I liked about, you know, I like about the process and working with you and going that route versus simply going, which a lot of people do, the ghost writing route, which there are the mm-hmm. benefits to it because you get it out and so it's a better writer. But you really have to, when you sit down with this book and this thing, it forces you to think about every aspect, whether you're writing for business or for a personal journey. Think, makes you think about everything, right? It, it does. And, you know, I love to turn people into writers. So I've had people who've gotten C's in English. They just had never been taught some, like, really basic things that make your writing so much better. And so, you know, there's a place for ghostwriters. But many times, if somebody's feeling like they want to try telling their story first and see where it goes, a good editor can really help you find your voice and and that's often going to be more powerful you know i've also seen i've seen some people go get ghostwriters and be very happy and i've also you know i've met people at the harvard course for instance who said oh i got a top publisher they told me i had to have a ghostwriter i took my i you know i got a book deal i took my name off the book before it went to print because it wasn't representative of you know what i saw as the truth and, you know, what I wanted to emphasize, and it didn't sound like me. I just couldn't put my name on that. So it is really important to be careful. And, and you know, that's where that muse things comes in again. Is like, let's access your inner knowing and really ask, like, what is the best way to bring this book into the world? And maybe it's a ghostwriter. And there are some great people out there. But maybe it's also that you really have it within you and we can bring that out. Yeah. And you created a quiz that helps someone determine if they're ready to write a book, right? If they're ready to do this, right? I am so excited about this quiz. So this is a new thing. And I saw, um, I have a colleague, Rusty Shelton, who I've known for over a decade. He helped my first book get incredible publicity, national publicity, like everywhere. It was it was pretty awesome. And uh, he's just an, a really fabulous person. And, you know, when he was in PR at another firm, he really saw, you know, the direction that this world is going is digital. And we need to focus on authors having great websites and not just, you know, traditional media, but digital media. And the firm just wasn't seeing it. And so he started his own company, which is uh, Shelton Interactive, which he now sold to, to a bigger company. He's still there, though. But he also has this wonderful quiz technology. And so some of my clients have done it. And one of my clients, Craig Malkin, who's the author of Rethinking Narcissism, which is published by HarperCollins, fabulous book. And he's been on Oprah Network and, you know, you name it, men's health, women's it's health, everywhere. Timely too. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. But um, he did this quiz with Rusty, and he got over 111,000 people on his mailing list. This is a you know psychologist, right? But mainly from this quiz. So he went from having almost nobody on his mailing list to this huge mailing list. And they've seen other people like the confidence quiz. That was a really successful quiz. So I, you know, every year I'd say to Rusty, you know, I should do this quiz thing. So I finally bit the bullet. And we came up with this quiz. And it is so exciting because we we identified three main areas 
where people who are thinking of writing a book really need to think about, you know, am I ready? Do I have what it takes? Or do I need to work on some of these things? And if you have these things in place, it's going to be a much better book. If you don't have these things in place, you probably won't even finish your book. Oh, wow. So, you know, the first was really helping you measure your passion and your commitment and see if there's an area where you need to step it up. The next is your expertise and ideas. And the last really is your plan. And that's her biggest focus is, you know, what's your plan for getting this book written and seeing where are the holes in that and where do you need help? So it's it's really an exciting assessment because it, it, it's very customized to the answers the person gives. And then we give them some really good feedback that helps them, you know, really decide, you know, how much do I want this and why do I want this? And then make some commitments. You know, you could do it one step at a time, but it really helps you take that next step and get your book done. So I am super excited about it. Yeah, and we'll have the listeners will have access to it. You can go to iingarlic.com slash book quiz, and there'll be a link in the show notes. So you can obviously click, if you're on iTunes on your phone, just click on there and you'll flip around and you'll see that link and you'll be able to take Lisa's quiz and figure that out. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to uh, see people take that. It's it's That's awesome, Lisa. And such a valuable tool, too, because there's so yeah. many people out there. I think everyone kind of wants to write a book, right? But it, are you ready for it is the big question and really what can you do to get really prepared? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I sometimes see people who've spent a ton of money. Sometimes people will email me and say, you know, I've already spent $5,000 and I have this lousy book that I hate and it's like the wrong book. And, you know, and I feel so badly for them because now they're saying, you know, so I have no money left to invest in this book. But really, you know, you want to figure out from the start, you know, what is it I need to focus on? What are the questions I need to answer before I get started so that it, it really is the right book? And I'm going to be happy at the end and feeling really proud and excited. So, yeah, I feel like this tool is going to really make a difference for people so that I I don't get any emails like that anymore because people really have the tools up front and they hire the right people and they, you know, write the right book. Oh, yeah. And right. I mean, that's so important to to write the right book, not just write a book to write the (laughs) right book that meets your goals. So Yeah, and actually, can I say a quick thing sure. about that? So, uh, you know, I had this executive recruiter come to me, and he recruits at the C-level, really fabulous guy, and he had three different book ideas. His book became Mastering the Art of Recruiting, the perfect book, right, for his business. But he had these other two book ideas, and one of them kind of excited him just because it was interesting, you know, and it was going to be interesting for him to do the research to write it. Uh, And I think, you know, there was a part of him that was like, I already know all this stuff, right, so it doesn't feel as fresh. And, you know, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's, you know, he's in recruiting, so he really understands marketing, and yet, you know, no matter how smart we are, sometimes it's hard, you know, we overcomplicate things and it's hard to see what we can't see. So, you know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, once I point out, it's like, oh yeah, of course, like write the book that's easy and that is totally aligned with my business because that's the main reason I'm writing this book. So this is the kind of thing you want to be keeping in mind when you're starting that book and you get these, you know, you probably get a whole bunch of ideas and some of them feel super exciting because they're new and fresh to you, but it might, it might be the right book, but it might also not. So again, look at your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even once you have your goals in place, now there's the whole market. So the book, what I think is awesome is that you have to market the book, 
But then the mm-hmm. book at a certain point markets you, right? So yeah. it, it's the dichotomy. Where do you start with that? I mean, where, where do you think, once you get to that point, you're like, I'm writing the book. Where do you think is the biggest place people could start to either gain the book out there or use it for marketing? Yeah, well, you've done a great job of that. So Thank you've you. got, <laughs> yeah, you've got these podcasts and you've got like then snippets right on your blog uh, with little audios from, you know, specifically from the book so people can start to get a sneak peek and get excited. And I imagine you're also hearing back from people like, oh, I want more of this or what about X? So, you know, you start to get feedback from people once you start to give them a little bit of what you have in the book. And then that makes the book even better. And and your people, your tribe, they start to feel a, a little bit of an ownership too. So, you know, you can certainly be giving them opportunities to to come back to you with what they really want and they can start to to start to really have an interest in the book, you know, both an interest in reading it but also an interest in making it successful. So that would be a place, you know, I would say you can start. I mean, there are all kinds of things. You could do a quiz just to kind of find out or maybe more of a, a questionnaire but to find out more about, you know, where are people, do a survey if you're not sure you know, where your people are and, and what they most want. And, you know, certainly a blog or a podcast or, you know, those those are great places to really get more input from your community. I'm a believer in get a few, you know, when, once you're ready and you want some feedback, just get a handful of beta readers. I'm not big on get a zillion beta readers and get all their feedback. And, you know, there are people, Guy Kawasaki loves that, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know how he does it. You know, feedback from thousands of people and then incorporate that into your book. It would make me crazy. So, you know, I think find people who are in your target market who are really... You, you know, you know, they're not just going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, it's great. Give them just a few questions like, you know, were you bored or, or confused? What do you like? I always start with what did you like? What do you want more of? You know, but then also where are you bored or confused? Just a few questions and then anything else you want me to know. So, you know, one open-ended question, you know, maybe just give them a chapter to start with. You don't have to give people the whole book because that can be overwhelming and you might never hear back. <laughs> give them a chapter and get some feedback. And sometimes, you know, you give different people different chapters so that you're not relying too much on one person if they don't have the time, but you, you spread it out over a few people. So those are some thoughts for really getting, getting feedback from your community. That's great. And I, I, you know, I like the idea of, of getting it done and getting it out there and spreading it out, right? Because you, while you don't want to do too much testing, you need some testing. You don't want to just right. throw it out there. What is the craziest thing that you've ever seen someone do to market their book? Oh, wow. <laughs> craziest thing. Oh. I know. I, 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 know. I mean, this yeah. isn't crazy, but I think this is brilliant. So Tamara Monasoff, who's written like seven best-selling books, some self-published, some traditionally published. So she's done it all. And she does – oh, I might have – I think I have a book to show you. So – Here's one of my clients, Stephanie O'Leary, Parenting in the Real World. This this cover may change a little bit, but so what Tamara helped her do is, let me see if I can find one. She has these QR codes right in the book. So you scan this with your phone and it plays a video welcoming you to the book and introducing you to the chapter. So I think that's a brilliant, I mean, Tamara has like all these ways that you can use that to market your book. It's really brilliant. So that's a really fun one. 
other things people have done to market their books that are kind of different. Well, I, you know, I think the quizzes are really great. I mean, obviously, when the confidence code is getting, and now it's probably more, but they were getting like 160,000 people on their mailing list, and Jeez. I'm sure selling a lot of books with that quiz. So quizzes can be great. Awesome. Awesome. And it's Catch Engine. Can I give a little? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just, you know, so if, if somebody's looking to do a quiz, catchengine.com, the QR codes, that's tamaramonasoff.com. Okay, awesome, awesome. I'm going to try and get both of them on the show, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that would be fantastic. And Lisa, so in marketing books, when is – let's talk about something that didn't work. That, you know, when was the time that you did something to market a book or use the book for marketing that you saw it just – you thought it was going to work, it was going to be awesome, and it just didn't work? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the example of my first book which originally, I, I worked with two wonderful co-authors, and it was originally called Good and Mad, Transform Anger Using Mind, Body, Soul, and Humor. And the publisher, so, so one of my co-authors was a fabulous cartoonist. You know, the book had these wonderful cartoons, which, you know, we thought, we all thought was a great way to take a subject that was sort of puts people off, anger, right, and make it really fun and engaging. And a picture tells a thousand words, right? So we did that, but the sales force said, you know, so they came out with the size of the book that was more like this, right? It was landscape. And the sales force said, ooh, don't do that. Bookstores won't want to put it on their shelves. And the team also had a cartoon on the cover, and it was a great cartoon. It looked fabulous. But what happened was, first of all, just as the sales force predicted, bookstores would put it on the shelves. So we actually had, we had a fabulous review in the Chicago Tribune and like 24 area newspapers in the Chicago area were running stories about our book and when I called Barnes & Noble in Chicago they said well I've got a do not replenish here so I can order one book but we can't replace that book when it sells and I thought wow this would disconnect here like what happened so I talked to the you know my editor and eventually it took a while and the publicist and eventually I got the story out of them that you know they realized like just when they were pitching the book that the bookstores weren't going to put it in and and they kind of you know oh well you know it's a mistake move on but of course for us you know this was like we put our our heart and soul into this book we didn't want to move on so my co-author Jane Middleton Moss had a great relationship with the publisher she'd done 10 other books with them and she convinced them hey like this book is really worth doing right let's do it again so we you know kind of stopped everything we stopped our PR campaign and they had to publish it with a new ISBN number, new cover, and new title. So it became the ultimate guide to transforming anger. The other thing that was a problem with the book was the cartoon. I should do it this way, Sue. But the cartoon on the cover made people think it might be for kids or teens. So that was something that should have been tested with the market, right? It was a little unusual having a cartoon should have been tested. And so that was something we got to change when the book got republished. And lo and behold, we've sold, I don't know, last look, it was something like 17,000 copies of the book and got tons of national publicity and Barnes and Noble did carry the book. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's like, listen to your sales force or listen to your people, listen to your market. You know, they're, they're obvious lessons, but we all make mistakes. So it's it's learning, right? And I think that the key there was that you transformed it. You didn't just go, Oh, it's not working. Let me go do something else went there, revisited it, and made it a success. Right. 
Yeah, I love, and that's. I think that's a key lesson for everyone in marketing, in writing, and <laughs> it's just, you know, it, you don't know what's not working, right? It, I mean, you you say now it's like, oh, you know, the cartoon and stuff, but it could have been so many little things. Like this, I never mm-hmm. even would have thought that the shape of the book, you know, bookstores want to carry it, and obviously this is before it was. It, what you know when bookstores were the end all be all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, I am so old. This was before Amazon was a big thing. Although we, <laughs> this is another funny thing though. Amazon did exist, and you know it, it had certainly some sales. It just wasn't as big as it is now. But the um, when they first put in the name of the book, it was Goof and Mad. Which I thought was such a fun. So it's G O O F, goof and mad instead of good and mad. So I thought that was so funny. Goof was a goof. <laughs> and are both books actually available on Amazon now? I, or th- I think they are. Yeah, it's, I think so they this- are. Which is a little tricky too, because you don't want people to buy the same book by buy. So I think we put something on it that's you know to make it clear it's the same book as you know the Ultimate Guide Transforming Anger, so people wouldn't accidentally buy it twice. But I love that. I think it's so cool that you can see both versions of the book. And like, if, if you put your name into Amazon, it's it's right here. I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, it's it's funny to see that like they look like two such different books. Oh, completely different, right? Because yeah, I should have had the books with me. But the Ultimate Guide to Transforming Anger is this like blue kind of soft cover with a little light coming in, right? It's like going for some emotional reaction, I think. Whereas the other is like fun and lots going on but it, it just didn't translate you know yeah yeah actually let me see here let me pull it up not for, not for the audience it you know because we're so used to books that looks like oh thank you yeah we're so used to books that look like cartoons being for younger people that you know people thought oh maybe this is for teens maybe it's for kids nowadays that might work a little better actually because i think graphic novels have really changed that genre so mm-hmm. it might you know car- uh, cover like that might actually work better today so maybe our our art team was just a little ahead of their time yeah yeah and and that's it, timing is everything too because it's it's, yeah. it's it's a different situation now yeah because i look i look at this and especially like growing up with garfield and all those you know it, a lot of those were that landscape those cartoon books were the landscape format right mm-hmm. so that's immediately what i think of when i see that and then you see the blue ultimate guide to transforming anger that's so interesting and now you have a whole new thing to think about because you think, have to think about what it looks like on Amazon, right? Totally, totally. And generally, you don't want a white cover. If you do, you're going to have to have a really nice border around it because that is not going to show up against other books. And and the title needs to be fairly big, right? Like even this, we had this wonderful – so this is Making Lemons of Lemonade. We used the Chicago Tribune review to, to put right at the um, top of the book, right? So we were able to use that nice review on the new book. So that was great. But, you know, you don't really see that on Amazon. You just see the cover, so uh, the title. So nowadays you really have to make sure that title shows up when people are shopping. Awesome. So um, I, I've got a, like a, do you do much with audiobooks? We haven't ever talked about this before, but. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't. I do have clients whose books have gotten separate audio deals or their publisher did audio. One of recent ones is Kara Bradley on The Verge and her publisher, New World Library, I think. I'm not sure if they did it themselves or work with Sounds True. I'm not 100% sure, but she does have an audio version of her book. You know, it. I think it's a great tool because people can listen in the car. You know, they can listen in their workouts. So 
it's a great way to expand your market. One of so a few of my other friends that are marketers and written books, uh, we're in this big argument. Uh, there's better to write or to read your own book or have someone read it? You know, it's, I mean, it's partly depends on your voice too. And, you know, if, if your voice sounds good, like you would be perfect, right? Read your own book. Definitely. But it's certainly if you can get a celebrity to read your book, that might add extra cachet. I I think that's a very personal decision. We'll have to ask your muse what your muse wants you to do. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I like that. That's a good answer. Um, So Lisa, right now, there's so many books out there. Obviously, I mean, it's it's just such a proliferation. Mm-hmm. What do you feel besides understanding your market? You know, is there a tactic out there right now that people can use to discover that you know to make a book truly a success? Yeah, I mean, so the first is make, write a really good book. You know, don't write a piece of garbage because there's tons of garbage out there. It's just going to get lost, and also it's not going to reflect well on your brand. And not that anybody listening to this is going to write garbage, but I do think people rush their books through sometimes, and there's lots of errors. And yes, you can proofread and fix it later, but you don't want to come out with something that looks slipshod. slipshod. You know, so so you know, pay attention to those things. Hire an editor, hire a proofreader, make it good. But, but you know, other than that, you know, also like look at what else is out there and what's fresh about your book. And it might be your voice. You know, if you have a good sense of humor, absolutely bring that into your book. You know, if you're a very nurturing person, bring that into your book or your no-nonsense, right? Bring that in. So whatever your strengths are and the things that really make your personality, bring that into your book. That's going to make a big difference. And then in terms of actually uh, marketing the book, you know, and really standing out, again, the things we talked about, the quizzes, the video is a great strategy because people, you know, who are in those videos, you can have your clients in those videos, right? They can really be helping. So it can be such a great marketing piece. Those videos will get shared in so many other ways. Same with audio. So, you know, those are all, think about how elements of your book can show up in different places in different ways. So a book that has some multimedia opportunity to it is probably going to give you a lot more opportunity to marketing, use it for your marketing and to, and it'll help book sales and also help your business. Yeah. Thinking about the, I think, and that's a, that's a huge point to make when it comes to any format, especially older formats, is think of them outside of their usual use. Like mm-hmm. even like I talk with people about the podcasting. Don't think of the podcast as a radio show. Don't think of the book as just the book. Think of it as like a launching pad for other places, other things, and and these other dimensions. That's such a very important point. Um, yeah, I love that, and it's 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 such a good thing for people to think about. Well, Lisa, our time is up um give them one more time the book quiz uh, so iron slash book quiz how long will that people take well oh, how long will that take for people that is such a good question because we just finalized the quiz today so by the time this is airing you will actually have the quiz in hand but we have not timed it yet because we just finalized it today so <laughs> but i it shouldn't take long you know it it may be um just a few minutes okay awesome and yeah it, and you are, I really think people need coaches for everything that they do. I mean, you look at the highest performers and no one out there doesn't have a coach from Michael Jordan and athletes. And, you know, it, 
everyone has coaches and multiple coaches. So I, 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 you're amazing at what you do. If someone wanted to work with you, what's the best way to, to start working with you? So, you know, I would say contact me at my website, lisatenner.com. There's a contact button and just hit that and, you know, we can explore. I'm happy, you know, I, I'm happy to speak to your people, Ian. You know, just let me know you saw me on Ian's show and we can set up a time to explore. But um, there are a number of ways. And, you know, one is the Bring Your Book to Life program that Ian was in. Sorry about the dog. <laughs> I don't know if you hear her barking no, away. No. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but, you know, that's a great way because you get both the benefit of my expertise and knowledge, but also this community, a system, right? Uh, but, there, you know, we really do customize it. And if you're self-publishing, you're writing the book. If you're traditionally publishing, we're working on a book proposal. So those are two different paths, too. So the best thing is just contact me, and it's lisatenner.com. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, I, I highly, highly suggest if you're thinking about writing a book yourself, at least give Lisa a call and think about joining the book breakthrough, uh, bring your book to life program. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It is such a pleasure. And I can't wait to be shouting from the rooftops about your book. Oh, so. awesome. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Uh, I really suggest if you're marketing, Think about writing a book or at least start thinking about it. It'll transform the way you think about your business and your message. Uh, this is Ian Garlic, and thanks for listening to the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 